Welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm Martin Moyer, your host. And joining me is the co-host of the program, Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church, Alec Rooney, our news editor at Christian Action Network, our producer, Michael Moyer, out in Columbus, Ohio, is David Carroll, an attorney and the chairman of the board of Christian Action Network, which is sponsoring this program. So let's get down to it. Um, I want to start off by talking about Twitter and uh, Elon Musk. He's in the news again, not surprisingly. Uh, this time he's in the news for the Twitter files. And we're going to try to keep this thing timely. This doesn't uh, get released until a week from now. So um, you know, I want to be able to make it interesting for people seven days from now about uh, you know some things that I've thought about on this Twitter uh, you know release of documents and uh, see what you guys have to think about it. So let me start off by uh, giving everybody an update here. So Joe Roth, now he's the former head of Twitter site and security. He said the FBI was holding weekly meetings with Twitter before the 2020 elections, and everything that has been discussed between Twitter and the FBI is not really known. But what we do know is that the FBI was at least talking about the Hunter Biden laptop with Twitter and also Facebook. So now the FBI has had the Hunter Biden laptop since December 9, 2019, right? Mm -hmm. And now they're holding meetings with Twitter and Facebook almost a year later to warn them that a hack was about to come out prior to the 2020 elections and be aware of that hack. Now, the uh, head of site security, this Joel Roth guy, he said in a sworn deposition, I was told in these meetings with the FBI that the intelligence community expected that individuals associated with political campaigns, I want you to remember that, associated with political campaigns would be subject to hacking attacks and that the material obtained through those hacking attacks would likely be disseminated over social media platforms, including Twitter. So that's what the FBI told them. Bunch of liars. Yeah, well, you know, that's one of the things that really irritated me about this uh, Twitter files that Matt Taibbi, when he came out and said that he didn't see any government involvement in the uh, suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. We know for a fact that there was government involvement <clears throat> based on the statement that you just read that, you know, uh, what, what is his name again? Joel Roth? Yeah, yeah Joel, Joel Roth. Roth. Joel Roth made I mean, it is a fact that the FBI did interfere. They did come out and tell these social media networks to watch out for these, uh, you know, these information dumps and to uh, censor them accordingly. Don't all people in the media talk to the FBI, though? I mean, I just got off the phone with them. <laughs> Before every show. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently, uh, you know, at least as of uh, our taping of this show tonight, not a lot of the media has reported on these Twitter files that were released. New York Times, the Washington Post hasn't been on CNN. They're all covering it up. I wonder why. I wonder why, yeah. yeah. Maybe because they're in the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but here's what we do know, you know. And some that have reported on it are claiming that this is no real evidence that the U.S. government was trying to control speech. No, oh, yeah, I think no. that's just, no. you know, fanciful <laughs> thinking. I don't think it's true. I think they're just spinning that out there, hoping that we believe that, because you got the FBI here, right? Yeah. They're the ones that are approaching Twitter and Facebook and saying, by the way, be aware of X, Y, and C. It's coming out, and what we want you to do is suppress it. What does that F stand for in FBI again? Yeah, federal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that the they government. really are doing this just to keep their useful idiots, you know, on online, because... Uh, like this, this story, this Hunter Biden story, wasn't suppressed for the Trump voters. They didn't want the. They didn't give a. Sh they yeah. did not care <laughs> if they, the Trump voters, the Trump voters read about weren't it. on the fence, right? yeah. waiting to be pushed in one direction. Yeah, they or the other. they were hiding this from the Democrat voters. That's who they want to hide it from. Or the and, middle, the uh, middle ground, the fence sitters. Right. Things. Yeah. And, and that's the people who also read the New York Times and the and the Washington Post and watch you know CNN and ABC. And well, I just want to say beyond the fact that they were hiding it, what they were doing is something I think is illegal. It was the U.S. government coming in to suppress it. 
Right. You know? And when a federal officer that carries a gun with a three-letter federal law enforcement agency behind them, that's intimidation right there coming into your office and saying, look, I want you to pay attention to three things. And I want to tell you, these three things were all lies put out by the federal government. Right. So lie number one is the FBI told Twitter and Facebook that this computer information that was coming out was from a hacked computer. They had that computer since 2019. One, they knew it wasn't hacked. And Hunter brought it into the store himself, didn't he? Stumble yes. in there with it? Yeah, and guys, let's let's think about this, right? We At this time in 2019, we were talking about a presidential candidate. Imagine if this was Don Jr., if this was Eric Trump, right? This this would be the biggest news story ever. Oh, so, right. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know what I'm saying? So the you're Don talking, Jr. laptop, right? Yeah. I, I mean, this this would be phenomenal. Um, so now you have <laughs> you, 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 the story of the, of a lifetime of the, of the century yeah, yeah. Of, of the millennia, yeah. you know, and now you have some of these mainstream media networks won't even touch this as we know, but then others, I think CNN brought it to, to light, right? They made this a story. I think I saw that. And, um, but they're saying that it's all false. So it, it's very strategic because now Elon Musk can't say certain mainstream media networks are suppressing it, but they're saying, okay, here, here it is, but this is the correct story. Now, so those listeners that listen to it, they're going to be fooled once again. Now, um, the, uh, he is able to say that the New York Times and the Washington Post right, are suppressing I, yeah, it. Right, but, I'm aware of that. Yeah. But what was it, NBC or uh, ABC, one of, one of the two, started to say that this information wasn't new. But when this <laughs> laptop came out, it was new. They're, they're comparing it, it to, to, they're comparing his release to today or last week to, what it was two years ago when it was originally released. It was new then. We're complaining about it being suppressed then. They're taking it as if we're complaining about it being suppressed now. And that's them just in denial or trying to confuse the useful idiots. Yeah, that's and, what they're and trying that's, to do. And that's my point exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah. Let me get through the, the lies, though. So the FBI comes in, and first they lie. They say, one, the computer was hacked when they knew it was not. The second lie they told Twitter and Facebook was that it was going to be Russian propaganda. That's Mm. what they told them. They knew ahead of time this was not Russian propaganda. The third lie they told Twitter and Facebook is that it would be associated with a political campaign. And they knew that the leak that was coming out was not coming from any political campaign. They knew it was going to be leaked to the New York Post. And how did they know that? Because they were reading Rudolph Giuliani's emails. Right. And they saw it in the emails that the New York Post was going to release this. That's and, right, because the laptop, or the computer store owner the, the, that the laptop was brought to, right, that was going to fix it, didn't, didn't he send the information to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer? Right. I think he did, yeah. Well, to Rudy Giuliani, yeah. Um, and Which he passed did. it along to the New York Post. Right, 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 and 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 the FBI was spying on Giuliani based on this uh, this uh, what is it uh, registered foreign agents uh, uh, mm-hmm. warrant that they had that they also dropped well, earlier spied, this year. Not only spied on him, they raided his home and took his stuff, but then they dropped the charges. Well, yeah, they did all that, and then they used that warrant. To actually gather this information, something that is unrelated, and uh, put that to social media networks. So they are using the power of the government to silence free speech. That's what they're doing. The government took this information that should not have been in their hands in the first place and used it against them. And it's not even just silencing free speech. This is suppressing a crime. That's what they're doing. Right. With this, I mean, look at yeah. look at what's on that laptop. Yeah, this you got the, the cover FBI up. covering up. The criminal activity. Yeah, a criminal uh, activity, a federal crime. Hunter Biden, and possibly, we'll just say possibly for now, his father's crimes. And they were covering it all up. And the then Twitter guy. was covering all of that. So, David, you probably don't have the answer to this. But I do want to bring you into the conversation. So, there are going to be hearings, you know, uh, I, I mean, down in my notes somewhere 
I oh Kentucky Republican James Comer said now he leads the House Oversight Committee and he's demanding Twitter staffers appear before Congress for their alleged censoring of stories surrounding Hunter's Biden's abandoned laptop. So there's going to be some congressional hearings here, and it's going to come out that the FBI came in and lied to them. Uh, but is there anything Congress can do? I mean, we all know the, F- the government's not allowed constitutionally to suppress your free speech rights. But they are doing it, but they're doing it in a way that prevents anybody from going to jail? Or what do you think, David? Is there any possibility that even if these hearings were held and they found out that, yes, it happened exactly as I said it happened because they admitted it to start with, are there any repercussions? There's the only thing that Congress can do for things that happened outside. This isn't lying in to Congress. So there's no testimony to Congress. They can't hold them in contempt or anything like that. But all they can do is they can defund or threaten to reduce the funding to the FBI. That's one thing they can do. The other thing that they can do is that they can enact legislation to try to fix the problem so it doesn't happen again. Of course, the problem with that is we have, we'll have a Republican House of Representatives, a Democrat Senate, and a Democrat president. So it's not likely that they can do anything that is really going to be effective for the misdeeds of the FBI and the lies of the FBI in this situation. Don't forget the Democrat media too, David. There's a Democrat media. And and and, and the big problem there is the other thing that, that the Republicans could do with their hearings is publicize what was going on, but they're not going to get any publicity because right. of the Democrat media. <laughs> because of the Democrat media. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. Uh, you say they could pass legislation, but I'm not sure what legislation could be passed that would carry more force than the Constitution itself, which prohibits the federal government right. from suppressing your Do free speech. Do we need speech. to reinvent I mean, that wheel? It's already there. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's it's there, but Congress can't go back and stop the FBI from telling the lies they've already told. They can't do that. So, And they can't punish individuals in the FBI for telling the lies that they already told. All they can do is is enact something... Uh, I don't know, uh, a legislation that would that would punish abuses of power or punish federal employees for lying to the media or publish punish federal employees for uh, for suppressing speech. But that's all kind of in the future. There's nothing that they can do now. They can't pass what's called an ex post facto law to punish what happened in the past. But I don't understand if they suppress your free speech. It's always going to be ex post facto when you find out. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah, when everybody else finds out, you don't find out ahead of time. And no, no, what, what I'm talking it. about, ex post facto refers to a criminal law that cannot be applied to conduct that occurred before the law was passed. Well, so, they need to pass you. So, what you're basically saying is, is that even though the Constitution prohibits the federal government from suppressing and limiting our free speech rights, there's no real criminal penalties associated if you actually do it. So therefore, perhaps Congress can pass a law that says if you do it, then there would be a criminal. Now you're shaking your head to that. No, he's saying he can't hear us for some reason. Oh, he can't hear us. <laughs> oh, that means I get free reign here. Countering my argument here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, we'll take this moment to correct our problems and go to this commercial. <laughs> I don't have a commercial, sorry. <laughs> but I uh, would like to bring David back in here. Michael's working <clears throat> the controls, and uh, we'll be back but, with um, David. I got a question now. Yeah. So, are you, so the question is, when the FBI went to Twitter and shut all this stuff down, what law did they break? No, I know they broke the Constitution, but there yeah. doesn't seem to be any penalties in doing so. In other words, yeah, well, according to David, there's no criminal law that they broke. It's just, it's just an unethical It's not a criminal law. Yeah. Not ethical thing. It's like you can't go after the media for being what the media are. Because they all they're doing is violating their own ethics and ruining their own credibility. Yeah, and reduced, that's perfectly legal. We're reducing the Constitution down to, you know, an ethic lessons then, you know. Yeah. All so, the laws are supposed to be right. found based resting on the Constitution. Yeah. 
and penalties for violating them. And apparently there's no penalty here for violating them. And therefore, if there is no penalty, then they're going to continue to do it even if you have congressional hearings, is my point. You know, we could all get excited and say, oh, they're going to hold these hearings. You know, they're going to bring it all out in the open. And then what happens after that? We learn that now it's worse than what we thought. But we also learn there's nothing you can do about it. I view congressional hearings as a way to not do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, that's just let's get up here and talk in front of the cameras for a couple of weeks. But you did have look during COVID, right? You did have churches that shut down. They went to the Supreme Court. And they fought that because of a freedom of religion. So this, this to me seems like a similar, um, you know, apples to apples type of argument where there's freedom of speech that's been violated. So why can't we take it to the Supreme Court at that point? So, and, but that's the point. So you take it to the Supreme Court and you say, oh, the feds violated my free speech by going to Twitter and shutting it down. And the court rules, yes, they did. But then what? There's still no penalties, apparently. But all for they doing did was it. they didn't actually shut Twitter down. They went to Twitter and just well, I meant Twitter shut, with shut them. down yeah. the right. But and, and Twitter willingly went along with it and probably hoping that they would get jobs at the FBI or in the federal government somewhere. Yeah. But uh, but with churches, there were they received monetary rewards because of you know freedom of speech, freedom of religion being shut down. Yeah, and it's a possibility. Mm. I, I, it's too bad David Connor like left the broadcast at the moment. Uh, because I was going to ask that question. Okay, so there's no criminal penalties that can be assigned to the agents involved in attempting to suppress your free speech through Twitter or Facebook. But can you file a civil lawsuit against these agents for having done so? Yeah, well, you've got and he pre- may have, and he may have kind of said that because he did say that there could be some defunding, and I think he mentioned some other things there. So maybe that's what he was intimating. I think he would have to prove harm. That's probably what he's going to say. Well, and, and who's the victim here? I I think from the my American previous... People. Uh, Unless they went to Twitter and they said, you need to do such what we're saying or we're going to shut you down or we're going to you know clean out your bank accounts or something like that. Is David I, back? But, but I think yeah. Twitter he is. actively went along with them and, and willingly colluded with the FBI and wanted uh, to be part of their party. All right, David, we have a question for you. We kept talking while you were gone. Uh so if someone was to file a civil lawsuit against, say, Agent X for making the process of suppressing a person's free speech rights on Twitter or Facebook, um, can a civil lawsuit be filed against that agent? Okay, so he doesn't suffer criminal penalties, but may he then suffer from a, a civil lawsuit by an individual that whose post was taken down at the behest of the federal government. Well, anybody can file a lawsuit against anybody for anything, but a, a lawsuit, civil lawsuit against an FBI agent for telling those lies has no chance of success. There was a Supreme Court decision that basically insulated federal employees from liability for anything except Fourth Amendment violations. And this isn't a Fourth Amendment violation. It's just pure lying. So no, as a practical matter, the answer is no, couldn't do that. But there is a lawsuit pending brought by the uh, state of Missouri, the attorney general of Missouri, and by some other people that are seeking to, to, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the remedy is, but they've sued the federal government over the, the, uh, the collusion with Twitter and Facebook and others. And that suit's been pending now for a few months and it's produced some pretty interesting results that's going on, but the individual FBI agents are not going to be punished by this lawsuit or any other. Okay. I want to keep hammering this point. Yes. Louisiana, Missouri have this lawsuit against Joe Biden and he and a number of other white house people for trying to suppress free speech. And let's say they win the lawsuit. What are the penalties? There are none. We're quickly devolving into a society where people get to do whatever they want because there are no penalties associated with it. You know, and if the government can just do what it wants without having to worry about committing a crime or have to worry about a civil lawsuit, nothing is going to stop them this train from hitting the direction we all know where it's going, and that is to suppress you ultimately 
and completely. You know, I'm reminded about this. I wanted to bring this up because this is a quote made by uh, President Eisenhower back in 1955. And we need to hear this quote, understand it, because it is true. He said, without God, there could be no American form of government, nor an American way of life. Recognition of the supreme being is the first, the most basic expression of Americanism. Thus, the founding father saw it, and thus, with God's help, it will continue to be. Because without God in this country, that's what we're going to end up with. People saying, oh, I can skirt the law. I can get around the law. There's no integrity anymore. There's no morality anymore. All our laws come first and foremost from God. I'm not in favor of many new federal laws. We've got too many already. But the one that we do need is a law that punishes federal employees for abusing federal power. That's what, that's what you know, a law like mm. that could help prevent future violations. But there is no law like that presently on the books. That's what Congress could do that would be effective, is to, to punish abuses of power and make it a criminal act and, and make these employees subject to criminal penalties if they abuse their power as federal employees. So how, they, how is there no law like that? Like you would think within the constitution, if we are afforded rights, that that means that there's a law that guarantees it. If there's no punishment for breaking those laws, then there is no bill of rights. Well, look at it this way. If you were Chuck Schumer question. or Nancy Pelosi, when she was speaker, you wouldn't want to have a law like that because you know it would get used against you because you, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer abuse power all the time. <laughs> well, David, how about this? When we're, you know, we're talking about violation of constitutional rights, right? So if we go back to the pandemic, churches were shut down. I've seen several churches that have filed suit. It, it was taken to the Supreme Court and there were monetary rewards and damages um, I'm assuming it was because of a freedom of religion, uh, you know, aspect. So could the same premise be used as far as freedom of speech here? If we can prove that. Well, there's already a law that punishes federal employees if they violate someone's civil rights. They just don't get enforced. Nobody follows up on mm. them. Um, and there's a there's a law that that allows for a civil rights action against the federal government when civil rights are violated. I mean, that's there, but they're they're not used very frequently and they're tough ones to win. Can be done, but they're tough. Like just a hypothetical situation. Let's say I'm at a school board meeting and I get up to speak and I want to say something, but a federal agent comes over to me and says, no, 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 sit down. You're not going to talk. And like physically keeps me from talking. Or takes me with his buddies, takes me out of the room and doesn't let me speak at the school board meeting. Have they committed a crime? No. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's not a crime. It's not wrong. that I'm out of order it's or anything, just that I wasn't allowed to say the things I was saying. It's not a crime. Abuse of power. It's, it's wrong. Just corruption it's an and abuse, abuse of power. power. Yes, but it's not a crime that I know of anyway. Interesting. Okay. Well, that clears that up. So it all goes back down to what Eisenhower said, in my view. If we become a nation without God, we're going to lose all the rights that we have in America. The founding fathers' rights that he points out to you right here. The founding fathers saw it. The only way you're going to keep these rights if the nation believes in God. Yeah. And the more this nation falls away from God, the less rights you're going to have. Because as we're learning right now, they can just trample on those rights and there's not going to be anything you can do. So, you know, Voltaire said this. Now, Voltaire is reputed to be an atheist, although there's some question about that. But he did say this. If God did not exist, it would be necessary to invent him. And the reason why he said that, it's one thing for people who are atheists in high positions, was his view, to not believe in a God because they have built-in self-restraint. But you don't want the yeah. masses out there not believing that a God is watching over them because there's no way a government can control an entire population of people making up their own damn rules, rules mm -hmm. to themselves. They don't have, never will have the power 
to be able to enforce all the laws that are in the books. Now, put that on the top of atheists who do not believe in God running the federal government who think, well, I can get by with this. I can trample your rights because, one, I'm not going to go to jail. Uh, two, I'm not going to be civilly held responsible I for I have it. absolute power. And guess what? God doesn't exist, so right. I don't even fear him. Right. We are going to lose this battle. I'm telling you, we're losing it, and we have been losing it because the nation has fallen away from God. And unless we get them back and we put it back in place, I think all hope for America is over. And I'm going to say that. I believe it. I believe it for quite some time now. Well, after this conversation, it kind of seems like America was just an illusion to begin with. I mean, if there was no laws backing up any of the amendments that we have, and they could just trample on them whenever they wanted to, we were never real in the first place. Yeah, that's why you get a musk has to come out and uh, tell people that, you know, he's in danger of being assassinated. It is in a it's sort of a very crucial time, and that's a really good example about what Elon Musk said. He says, frankly, the risk of something happening bad to me or even literally being shot is quite significant. Then he sent out another tweet saying, I do not have any suicidal thoughts. If I commit suicide, it's not real. So, you know, <laughs> here, here, you know, you go in, you buy Twitter. You want to promote free speech for all, and now you got to worry about someone coming up and killing you, and you're the most wealthiest man in the world. You can afford all the security in the world. To the point where you come out and say, if somebody says I committed suicide, like, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, yeah. that note the, That note for me, it wasn't for me. Right, the Jeffrey Epstein uh, parallel. There, and guys, there is a, there's a serious spiritual battle out there there's a battle for good and evil evil and good now they're calling good evil evil good isaiah 520 and you know i i don't know you know there's there's questions about elon musk with where he's at mentally spiritually all these things but what he's doing with twitter is he's looking to expose the lies he's looking to bring some truth to the surface and we know the truth will set you free and these people do not want to be set free. They want to be in their la-la land. They want to be, you know, in, in what they believe is the truth, but it's all false. And now as you come as a truth teller, they're going to look to try to kill you. Yeah, literally. That's part of what Marty's saying about there not being a God anymore, though, is that there's truth is so dependent on God. Like without God, there is no truth. And these people exist in a world like our whole government now, our Biden administration people exist in a world where there is, well, the whole left exists in a world where there is no truth. It's all what you can convince people of. Right. It's all what you, what you perceive, and it's, everybody's got their own truth, and that's just, that's just not the case. So we can spin lies like right. they did to and Twitter and Facebook. That's why you spin cannot— Spin the lies out. It's why you can't believe a word that comes out of these people's mouths. I, I need to circle back to— I, I hate to circle back thing because of Jen Psaki, but I need to circle back to <laughs> Alex's question. If a federal agent came and, and instructed you to stop speaking, would he be doing anything criminal? The answer is, is was correct. It is no. But if his supervisor told him to do it and then he did it, then his supervisor and he are both committing a criminal act, which is conspiring to intimidate a person uh, in the enjoyment of a, a constitutional right, 18 U.S.C. Section 241. So if one person does it, it's not criminal. But if two of them do it, it's conspiracy. And you know that he had a supervisor who told him to do it. <laughs> right. Well, it's a, I, I would have thought the fact that he was part of, like, he if he was doing it in this, you know, hypothetical, he was doing it with the power of the government behind him. So mm -hmm. wasn't he using his federal authority to shut down what you were saying? It requires two or more persons conspiring. Does timing come into the equation? Meaning, uh, case A, uh, prior to that school board meeting, supervisor tells the employee or the police officer, whatever the position is, if John Doe speaks, don't allow him to speak. Or if the supervisor's there during the meeting, Hey, I want you to go shut this person down now. Does the timing matter in that? It's the fact that there are two or more persons conspiring to shut down somebody's constitutional right. 
Uh, it's not a matter of timing. It's the fact that there are two people doing it that that make this bring into to question or call bring into uh, uh, into the forefront the criminal law, which and this is a it would be a crime under the federal law, but it takes two people, whether they're doing it over immediately or over a period of time, it doesn't matter. Okay, so it doesn't matter if it was premeditated or anything like that. Well, it matters if it's premeditated. Well, uh, I'm that saying that, that, that could be a further. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. He's talking about conspiracy, so that that's why I'm asking about the timing. Conspiracy, almost by definition, is premeditated. Is premeditated. Yeah, yeah, I would think. So let's move on to this other group of slamming conservatives that's going on out there because we need to wake up to this stuff because you know it's not just the FBI. There's all kinds of people out there trying to silence us right now. So Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, he's a Democrat in Rhode Island, he wrote a letter to the IRS asking that the tax-exempt status of a conservative group be revoked because they were not in favor of masking up and social distancing during the pandemic. I'm going to read to you his quote. Tax-exempt status provides a substantial benefit to charitable organizations and reflect the federal government's endorsement of an organization's activities. Mm, Hogwash. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the fact that he said that if you have a tax-exempt status, you are now basically the arm of the federal government. They approve of what you're doing. Yes. Like it's their job to approve. Not just approve. You have to do their doing. That's what he's saying. But how you know, do, you are an arm of the government now. The you got to some stairs. You, the best part of this is still coming up, though. So yeah, well, how did <laughs> how did these Democrats get this in their head that if something happens, it's because the government allows it to happen? Yeah, these people are on such a power kick that they want to be in control. That's what it comes down to. Now, if, oh gosh, yeah. David, you know as well as I do that the tax exempt status does not make you a voice or an arm of the federal government because you have one. But look, they're putting it out there, though. And this isn't the first time. You know, there was a House committee a couple of years ago that started to raise the question of whether or not groups that oppose public policy of the U.S. government deserve to keep their tax exempt status. The more they keep putting this thought in people's said, and I was talking to Michael about this earlier today. At one time, we all knew what free speech meant. Then came up hate speech. And now if you talk to the college kids out there, well, there's free speech and there's illegal hate speech. Right. And in the Constitution, there's no such thing as hate speech. No. So You can spew all the racism you want to and all the hatred. It's totally legal and it's totally protected. You you would think so. But I read an article today, and I obviously do not approve of this— but a homeowner put a cross in his yard and he burned it because some African-American people had moved next to him. And he was arrested. And now he's pleading guilty to that hate crime. Uh, hate crimes are just a joke to begin with. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's double charging. I mean, at the very least, uh, for starters, you're allowed to hate somebody. You you are. But then if you were going to charge somebody for doing something when they call it a hate crime, that means you have committed a crime, and then you committed a crime on top of another crime in order for it to be a hate crime. That's like uh, if Michael hits me on the head with a brick and, and fractures my skull, that's a crime for sure. And in Virginia, it's called what malicious wounding, right? Um, but if you hit me on the head with a brick and fracture my skull because you hate me, does that make my injury worse? <laughs> right. Uh, is, and, and should I at least be saying, well, at least you, hit, you didn't hate me when you did it? You know, that would have really been a bad crime. Well, I really liked you when I did it. I just thought you were saying something stupid. Oh, well, then maybe we could get it just expunged altogether, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because of your intentions. And then, Alec, what if you hate Michael for hitting you in the head with a brick? Does that now cancel out the hate crime? It does. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and even if I don't do anything to him, I'm I'm still hating him. See, we're thinking thinking like liberals now. This this (laughs) is liberal logic. So let me me go over this, and uh, I would like for David to pipe in with his opinion on it. But the reason why groups have tax-exempt status, the reason why is because you are doing something that saves the U.S. government money. You're supposed to be doing something out there that is relieving the tax burden of the taxpayer itself and having the U.S. government having to do it. That's why they grant tax-exempt status to groups. Uh And they have approved because of the Constitution, all kinds of speech out there as possibly being 
constitutionally protected activities that is providing a public good, even if they don't agree with it, it's still providing a public good that the U.S. government doesn't have to fulfill. And that's why you get a tax-exempt status for whole, having these groups out there. Uh, hospitals get tax-exempt status, right? Because they're doing a public good. There's plenty of uh, pro-abortion groups out there that get tax-exempt status because the government says, well, at least to you, you think you're doing a public good out there for the people that want that service. Mm -hmm. People are pro-life, they get a tax-exempt status because the government's saying, well, at least to you and the people that support you, you're doing a public good to those people. And that's why churches get one. And that's why churches get one. David, am I correct in the interpretation? Yet you're not, the tax-exempt status isn't because you are a arm of the U.S. government, but because you are providing a public service that saves the U.S. government uh, dollars for having to do it themselves. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about the saving the government the, from having to do it themselves, but you're right in that it's a public benefit. That is, it's, these are called public benefit corporations. And, and ones that, public benefit corporations that advocate a point of view, do it under the guise of education. So education, providing education is the public benefit. All right. Now this out of uh, Omaha, Nebraska. This is kind of shocking. Okay, they're investigating the police there. Two threatening letters that were tied to a radical pro-abortion group, Jane's Revenge. We all know who they are. And they sent letters to a Catholic-affiliated center and a local Christian church. Here's what those letters said. If our right to abortion and Bellevue is taken away due to the attempt to pass an abortion ban, and it gets passed we will shoot up your Newman Center with our new AR-14 rifles. Sincerely, Jane's Revenge. And then that was sent to the Newman Center, and later it was also sent to the Christ Community Church in Omaha, taped at the church's front door. Yeah. So people, I mean, Musk is saying, I am truly fearful that someone's going to assassinate me. Here is a pro-life group, truly fearful, taped to the door, they're going to be assassinated with an AR-14 rifle by James Revenge. I don't even know what that is, though. What is an <laughs> AR-14? I don't know. It's one are, are step they, before the AR-15. Does, does that even exist? Are they? Are they just being? You know, is it just mockery? An a, it's I not an AR-15. Like, yeah, I just think they. Yeah, and if you look at the letter, right, Marty? It looks like a five-year-old kid literally wrote the letter. Yeah. If you look at the letter. Well, it, it was probably disguised handwriting because yeah. they, you know, and I. I when I looked at the letter, I'm thinking someone's just writing this so they can't tie it back to their right, original high, you know, handwriting on Jane's Revenge. But look, Jane's Revenge, they've already claimed responsibility for 18 arsons, mm -hmm. arsons and vandal attacks against crisis pregnancy centers in the United States already, and not a single one. They claim credit, and the FBI can't find a single one of these people to arrest. Wow. Now, if you're a pro-life pastor out in Pennsylvania, they can find you if you shove somebody or if you are a investigative reporter and you evidently touched the stolen uh, diary of the U.S. president's daughter, they'll find you and raid your house for that. If you went to Washington and protested your government on January 6th and waved a flag, yeah, they'll, they'll find you, they'll find that. you that. Yeah. Just to let you guys know, there is such a thing as an AR-14 rifle. It oh, okay, is a well, semi-automatic support rifle. All right. Well, we learned something new. I probably, thought maybe it was a typo from the uh, reporter, but apparently probably not. Probably equally bad to be shot with. Absolutely. <laughs> Looks the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Still going right. to kill you. Yeah. All right. Further suppressing our free speech rights is the federal government. Now, they have awarded $5 million to a group of journalists called Hacks hackers to develop software mm. that will encourage regular Americans, that's you, regular American, to confront their friends over harmful posts and to correct misinformation. I, it makes me laugh. Our tax dollars are actually being spent to have an AI program, $5 million worth, so that when you, pastor, see a post that is harmful, the AI program will help you write a response back to that person to explain how your feelings were hurt and how that, uh, you know, upset you. Yeah, just to become like an arm of the government. Like, or how... This sounds how, so Chinese to me. Like, yeah, what do, you, what do you even say to that? It doesn't even make sense. It's software that allows you to say, I'm right and you're wrong. 
So says because the I'm government. on the government's side. And it, it really, it's like mocking to us, right? I can't write a rebuttal to somebody. Now I need this program to you give me my rebuttal. Right. I, need, I need AI assistance to help me with a rebuttal because my feelings got hurt. Yep. Well, the Democrats must. do need that AI assistance. <laughs> yeah, Have you ever crazy. tried to argue with one? They don't yeah, know what the heck they're talking about. Well, the users will be encouraged to copy and paste the AI response and send it back to their friends on Twitter and Facebook to tell them, quote, how harmful they are. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't do it yourself, right? You're all upset about this thing that came across your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed or whatever, and you can't figure out how to tell them you're upset and they created harm. They have an AI program to write that for you, and it's going to write it specifically about what was said. These AI programs now are so genius. I mean, they really are. Mm-hmm. Check them out. And all they have to do is look at what you got, you received in that post, and it will write a human response back to that person instantly, instantly with the material that was in the message that you received. It's incredible. It's like a auto argument. Yeah, it's auto argument. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like this is like the equivalent of when you go into a grocery store and you get self checkout. Right, so this is going to eliminate the reporters who are essentially the the, the clerks. Yeah, the, the clerks. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's this term "hive mind," and I guess that's this is the embodiment of hive mind. Yeah, yeah. Where that's... a bunch of people just all agree to ex- think exactly the same way, and that's pretty much what the left does. Well, I don't know if they agree to it, but I think that they just uh, just gave up on thinking. Like that's why I said they're useful idiots. That's what the the voters that they're trying to woo to their side are just people who were too lazy or too stupid to look up stuff on their own and figure out what their own opinion is. So they just go by what they were told to be angry at and they just go by what they were told to say. And that's how they vote and that's how they act. And it won't change unless, I don't know, somebody hits them <laughs> with some kind of real kind of information. AR-14. Yeah, AR-14. <laughs> Yeah, well, if your if your tactic is brainwashing, you know, for the mainstream media to constantly give you the same talking points over this mainstream network, this social media, network, this platform, this reporter, it's going to be solidified. It's really going to, you know, hit your brain where it's uh, it's going to be hypnotic, and and it's the same thing with this AI. And just like they did with with hate speech, they say hate speech is illegal, even though there's it's no such thing speech. as hate speech. Right. You know, it's just speech. They they got people now believing that there is such a thing as hate speech. Let me uh, show y'all how good these AI programs write for you. So there's a new program. It just made news today called Chat GPT. Don't know what it stands for, but anyway. So this guy, he said, all you have to do is type in what you want to say, and Chat GPT will create the words for you. So he typed in, write a sonnet about string cheese. That's all he typed in. Here's what came back within five minutes. Oh, stringy cheese, so delicate and fine, you stretch so long and nearer do break. Your flavor, oh, how it does entwine with hints of milk and subtle sweet taste. And it goes on and on. 14 lines, it should be. Yes, 14 lines. He also... It's a sonnet. <laughs> it's a sonnet. Yeah, it is 14 lines. That's, that's pretty good. He also, <laughs> he also asked the AI... All he typed in is, write a Bible song about ducks. <laughs> write a Bible song about ducks. And here's how it came back. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the ducks. He gave them wings so they could fly. Fill in the skies with their quacking call. Their beauty is a wonder to behold. Oh, the ducks of the Lord, they fly so high, shining in the waters as they pass us by. And it goes on. And that was just typing it in. And it comes back with this you know, very flowery language to send back. So what the feds have caught on to is that they now have that AI to be able to put onto your Facebook and your Twitter feed that when someone sends something harmful back, it can create a narrative that I was harmed by this tweet Mm -hmm. and send back a blistering tweet back to the other person expressing how harmful that tweet was and how bad you feel. And that's just what we need for our federal government to be doing. Now, David, this, once again, is the U.S. government trying to suppress your free speech. And you're going to, and I know you don't control this, but you're going to tell me there's nothing we can do about it. And this is how we have to now live. It's against the law, but we're stuck with it. Well, that's not what I'm going to tell you. 
What I'm going to tell you is that the National Science Foundation, the National Science Foundation that gave that $5 million grant could be cut off from funds. They should be subject to a congressional investigation for this kind of misuse of federal money. Uh, And using federal money to suppress speech is it's a terrible, terrible thing. They need to be they need to be the subject of congressional investigations. Of course, Congress, uh, the Republican House of Representatives, in after, starting in January, is going to so, be so busy with so many investigations. I wouldn't be surprised to see this one fall through the cracks. I mean, it's only five million dollars. Well, I mean, how how many of those investigations do you believe are going to turn out to be anything, David? I mean. I have no faith in them, really. Honestly, they're going to do investigation after investigation, and they're just going to tell us what we already know and say, oh, well. Well, I agree. They're not going to turn out to be anything. They could if we had a an honest mainstream media, which we don't. If we had an honest mainstream media that actually covered the news, these congressional investigations should make the news. They won't. Right. I agree. Well, look at the arena in which this this uh, software is being deployed. It's just online conversations. And how how many people are going to keep on having online conversations in this kind of an environment? Oh, they're going to keep doing it. That's why the metaverse is becoming so big. I want to see like <laughs> one set of software or one, one iteration of this software arguing with the other one. Now, that would be kind of... Interesting to watch. I would like to see that, as like, a matter of fact. <laughs> tell one to randomly generate a statement, then have the other one respond to it, and then just go back and forth. You know, I think they actually did that. I can't quote it because I don't remember it, but I do remember there being some story about that uh, not long ago. Well, guys, look, we, we're thinking that this whole AI thing is is nonsense, right? But there's going to be a number of people, there's going to be masses who find great value in this. Oh, yeah. They're going to see benefit in this. Yeah. Well, so, all, these, all these non-existent voters have a voice now. I mean, I just put up a YouTube clip about Stephen Colbert calling Christ a cuck and the responses, (laughs) the comments that are up there from the radical left. I mean, they're just filling up. And if they now have an AI, they can say, you know, blast Martin Moyer's, you know, YouTube clip about Stephen Colbert. It's just now it's copy and paste. I mean, you're just going to get flooded. And all of your, it's right. just could be spammed to death. But with that's this what I'm trying AI to say. Is that it, right. it might just completely nullify that battleground, that arena altogether. It might just become nobody's even going to pay attention to it anymore. Uh, good point. Good point. I got one more suppression story that I really want to get out. And I just learned this today. So in Richmond, Virginia, a the Family Foundation is a Christian organization. It's part of the Focus on the Family group. Had a reservation at the Metzer Bar and Butchery for November 30th. They had a reservation, and then they got a call from the restaurant canceling that reservation. And the reason why they canceled it was because the wait staff was scared of them because the wait staff is mainly LGBT people, and they didn't want this Christian group. What's the that, name of the Christian group again? Sorry. The Family Foundation. Oh, okay. In Here is... <laughs> Here is cancellation the from a restaurant. Metzer Bar and Butchery response justifying counseling the Family Foundation's dinner reservations. We have always refused service to anyone for making our staff uncomfortable or unsafe. And this was the driving force behind our decision. Many of our staff are women and or members of the LGBT plus community. All of our staff people with rights who deserve dignity and a safe work environment. We respect our staff's established rights as humans. <laughs> we, we strive to create a work environment where they can do their jobs with dignity, comfort, and safety. They made it sound like they're coming in with AR-14s, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Marty, was that written with a- AI software? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it is such a joke. I mean, because when the, uh, you know, cake shop maker says, I'm actually afraid for my soul for making this gay wedding cake for you, I'm not going to do it. They sue you and they act like you're doing something actually 
horrible, but they will refuse you service at a restaurant based on something that they don't even know anything about you, really. And, and these people, they're so hypocritical. One thing that stuck out to me as you were reading that nonsense was human rights. Yeah. yeah. What about the people who want to be so they just want to have a meal? <laughs> yeah, they're talking about giving up a meal to eat. Well, it's easy enough to go to another restaurant. And that's really that's the self-correcting mechanism well, that should but, but hold on now. They had reservations. And an hour and a half before those reservations, That's they true. had 20 or 30 people coming. That's yeah. true. An hour and a half before they canceled that reservation. Right. So now you, you can't got just go cut, pop into yeah, a chili. You just can't and, pop up yeah. into a chili or yeah. get in touch with 20 to 30 people and say, hey, That's it's true. off. I overlooked that. Right. And but here, it should be just be horrible publicity for the restaurant, and nobody with a brain should set foot in there. Right. But, well, and here's my point is that those are the same kind of people that criticized or went after the Christian bakery for doing what they were doing. Right. So this is an yeah, actual, exactly. this is hypocrisy. I, I told my dad earlier today, <laughs> if you took the Democrats in the left side and you took everything that they said about Republicans, about how they're trying to destroy democracy and everything and replace the word democracy, democracy with hypocrisy, you, everything they would say would make sense. You know, yeah. it, it's like a gay going into Jack Phillips master cake shop and saying, I want a wedding cake. You have to make it for me. Otherwise, you're discriminating against me. By the way, I'm a weight person over here, and I can deny you food because yeah. of your religious beliefs. Total double How does standard. that work? Yeah. David, I wanted to ask you about this because we, the question of whether or not you can discriminate against a person who wants you to take part in their gay wedding, it will be decided by the Supreme Court. But... The fact that you can't discriminate against a person because of their religion is in the Civil Rights Act. This restaurant discriminated against them because of their religious beliefs. Is that legal? I think that the Family Foundation has a potential lawsuit against the restaurant on two grounds. One of them is civil rights because it is a place of public accommodation and places of public accommodation are not permitted to discriminate on the grounds of race, creed, color, sex, national origin, uh, or, uh, or race, creed, color, all those things. Now, the other possible claim would be a breach of contract. When the founding Family Foundation made a reservation, they made an agreement with the restaurant that the restaurant would have a place for them when they, when they came. And the restaurant breached that contract. I think the restaurant deserves, they deserve to be sued over that kind of behavior. So that's a, yeah, it's a civil case. Yeah. Okay. Everybody knows, I know we're getting to be about an hour long now, and I really like our take it stand segment that we have, because I like the, we are shout out patrons. So I want to give a shout out to the people who are taking a stand out there. So I want to get these two stories in. So pastors are creating pastor story hours at libraries uh. and uh, I guess as a reaction to the drag queen story hours that are going in libraries. So Pastor Dale Partridge in Prescott, Arizona, uh, he hosted a pastor story hour at Cottonwood Public Library. He said this on Twitter, I was tired of complaining about drag queen story hour movement, so I hosted a pastor story hour at our library. This is what it takes. That's what it takes, right? Yeah, well, that's the same strategy that they used against us. I mean, you know, like that. Uh, uh, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, that is. It, it, it's it's the exact same strategy. So throw it back at him. Let's see how it works. And it seems like it might do something. <laughs> and David, out in your way in Ohio, Reverend Michael Foster of Batavia. I guess I'm saying that right. Batavia. Batavia. I never say these things right, do I? <laughs> I do not. I never get them right. Uh, he's the pastor at East River Church, and he held a pastor story hour at Claremont County Public Library. And he said this, I thought, you know what? We should just do our own. We should just go to our libraries and do a really good job at telling good, wholesome Bible stories. So this is encouraging to know, right? I mean, yeah. people who are out there are clawing back. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, and they're absolutely. doing something. Bring the church yeah. out into the into the, into the public square. Yeah. yeah, that's where we got to be. I sent you a a link today on a YouTube video for a protest that occurred in Columbus, Ohio, on Saturday, where the Proud Boys and another Patriot organization put up a protest in front of a church that was going to have a, a 
transvestite story hour. And the story hour got canceled because of the protest. The protest went on and the video is kind of interesting. There were, uh, the, the protesters were also carrying rainbow flags and signs that said, our gays are better than your gays. <laughs> <laughs> well, what exactly did they mean by that? <laughs> well, it probably meant that our gays don't try to force right. you know, this type of sexuality on your little kids. It's interesting to yeah, watch, right, too, because, because they... they're like shouting at cars going by, like, don't, stop grooming children, stop grooming children. Yeah, I didn't realize holding... that was outside of a church. Yeah, well, and they yeah, probably well. had gays on their side of the picket fence. The, uh, I mean, because yeah, they're true. they're definitely gay people that have been. What is that? Gays against grooming. There are definitely yeah. gays out there that are against this grooming stuff. So, all right, my next uh, taking a stand story, and my final one for this particular episode: Christians in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, are openly defying. Their government leaders, after they were ordered to remove a nativity scene mm. from a city park. Now, that nativity scene at Basin Park has been there since 1950. 1950. Now, all of a sudden, it's illegal, right? So, the executive director of Beta Sigma Phi and his volunteers were the ones that erected the nativity scene this year. And the executive director said this, I am fed up with it. I'm not going to do it. I instructed my staff today, do not comply with the mayor's request to remove this beautiful nativity scene that's been there since 1950. Good. Yeah. There's 72 years of history right there. They're just trying to take out. Make them come out and show their ugly side. Make them come out and physically take it down. Now, let my people, guess is, is video it. they'll probably lose it, but, uh, you know, because at least they're taking a stand, right? But they're taking a stand. That's what I'm stand. saying. Yeah. Right. Regardless of the result, we got to take a stand and, they, and not back down. Let there, let there be fights about these things. The mayor that ordered the nativity scene to be taken down was just flat out wrong on the law. However, if the nativity scene is permitted in the park, then the city has to also permit other religions to put up there so if a, if a satanic temple or something wanted to put up a, a a display with with demons and stuff the city would have to allow that but assuming that they would allow that kind of thing then there's no reason why the the real nativity scene would have to be taken down and there was nothing in the story to indicate that anybody else was trying to put up some kind of display. It was only the nativity scene. And under those facts, the mayor was just flat wrong. And I uh, want to remind you that the satanic temples say that they are not a religion. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> they do not get that right. <laughs> and look, we need to have a bigger conversation at some point about this satanic temple thing. Go ahead, David. Don't forget, Michael. They say they're not a religion on one hand, and then they say they are a religion when they think it benefits them. Yes. Right. <laughs> They're not exactly. Right. What did you say? Who said it today? I think, Michael, you, you said it. Uh, if you replace um, democracy with hypocrisy, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the way this radical left thinks, right? Uh, yeah, they, they stand for hypocrisy. They want to protect their hypocrisy. They want, you know, their their. Rights to hypocrisy, yeah, and the Republicans rights. are trying. Yeah, the <laughs> hypocritic rights. The the Republicans are trying to destroy their hypocrisy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Republicans are trying to destroy hypocrisy in America. They're trying to destroy the rule of hypocrisy. They're trying to tear down hypocrisy. Yeah. That is exactly it's what a is happening. Threat to yeah. their hypocrisy. Yes, it's a threat it, to their hypocrisy. Yes, it's the Republicans versus the hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, I think I do at some point want to get in a further conversation about the Satanic Temple. Because right. uh, they do have a nativity scene in some city. They know. have nativity scenes. Yeah. And look, you know, they, they play the game. They play it well. They're very well financed. Yeah. Uh, and the media love them. And I have a legal strategy. I'm sure David probably won't agree with it, but I'm going to push it out there anyway. Uh, of how to keep these people out of the public schools, at least. Because, you know, in Chesapeake, uh, Virginia couple days ago, it was announced that the Satanic Temple will have a after-school Satan club and a Chesapeake elementary school. 
Now, we just can't let this stuff continue. And I think we need to talk about it and examine it and get into a big fight about, you know, what our ideas are and who all disagrees with me. I'm sure I'll get a, you know, a whole heap load of hate coming my way, but I'm going to say what I have to say about it. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll schedule that for next week. Uh, It's going to be a topic that's not going to go away because they do plan on putting these things in elementary schools across the United States. And we have got to come up with a solution and we got to put our foot down and say, Satan does not belong in the public schools. And you know what? They're always going after the elementary school kids, aren't they? I mean, I that's what the teachers get want them to do. You know, get the you can't LGBTs groom them one way, yeah, groom them another. Satan into these elementary. They're they're like little pawns in their battle. Yeah, these poor little kids. I mean, they're five years old. Yep. Well, they're all going to be us in you know twenty five years. All right. Well, that's a wrap for us today, and I hope to see you again or listen to us again next week on our Shout Out Patriots uh, podcast. So, if you like the show, please like it, please comment on it, please share it with your friends. And until then, have a good evening, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye now.